The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Jesus asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all the other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, come here. For three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. O Christ. This time of year makes me think of one of the saints of SLC who is now in the church triumphant. This time of year, Jack Britt used to show up at my house with a couple five-gallon buckets of manure. He knew the secret. He'd go down to some place in Tacoma. He had, they had the best, he said. Oh, it's fun this time of year to get into the dirt, start digging things up, not planting too much too soon. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it's just fun to start getting outside, get down in the dirt, and start digging. Spring. You know, Lent is spring. It means spring. And in the springtime, in Lent, we hear a lot about repentance. It's one reason when we share in the Lord's Supper where we, where we receive the forgiveness of sins that we kneel during Lent, kind of just to emphasize that part of the meal. When you kneel, you repent, you humble yourself. The word in Greek is metanoia, where we get the word metamorphosis. The word in Hebrew is shuv, where, which basically means to return. You're going in one direction, you return, you turn directions. So to change or return, it all has that nuance, Lent and repent. But why should we repent, actually? And Isaiah tells us why. Isaiah says, hey, listen up. And he starts talking about God's steadfast love and mercy. He says, 
exactly return so that God can be merciful to you. Come, he says. Come and drink without paying for it. Wow. Man, if you didn't think that there's good news in the Old Testament, you haven't read it. Why do we repent? Because of this great word in Hebrew, chesed, which is translated this, the loving kindness of God. That's why you should come, so God can be merciful. Return. Well, Jesus is not quite so um, flowery. <laughs> He's not quite as kind about it. In fact, Jesus says, repent or you will also perish. That's pretty hard-hitting. When we think about Pilate and what he did and what he's mentioned in our gospel reading today, I mean, Pontius Pilate, you remember him. He's now ruler over the, the Judean area in Jerusalem, and there's a desperate need for a water project to get the water from the Pool of Siloam where it needs to go. And so he undergoes a construction project. And while they're working, a big tower falls and kills a bunch of construction workers. And then we hear about this blood that Pilate mixed with their sacrifices. I mean, Pilate was not a popular leader, according to outside biblical sources. And so there is probably a revolt or some kind of dispute. And the soldiers of Pilate killed a bunch of worshipers in the temple while they were doing their sacrifices. Boy, does that remind you of some things today, huh? And our question is, our calculation, we want to be in control of things, is, well, did that happen to them because of something they did? And Jesus severs that. He says, no, that's not the way it works. And I'm so appreciative of that because I'm so tired frankly, and Jonathan talked about it a little bit last week too, of people equating good stuff with God's blessing and bad stuff with God's curse. doesn't always work that way. That is not a, the whole story of what the Bible tells us. Oh, sure, there's consequences to bad behavior. There's consequences to poor decisions and sinful decisions. But, but we can't correlate those two so quickly but when we're on our sick bed and we've been given the diagnosis of cancer, the most common thing that your pastors hear is, Pastor, what did I do wrong? Jesus says, no, it doesn't work that way. In another place, he'll say, the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. No, but he said that. So, so I appreciate him kind of severing that correlation, but then repent. Or you will likewise perish? Whoa, interesting. Well, let's see, let's, put, let's hold for just a minute and we'll go back and, to Jesus in a minute and see where he goes from here. But Paul, maybe Paul can help us in that second reading. Paul says, um, the whole Old Testament was written for an example. And look at how those folks in the wilderness how they complained and how they went into idolatry and sexual immorality and, and just lived for themselves. And look what happened to them. You know, so he says, look at this example. It's for us. And then something really startling happens at this point in his, his um, little sermon here. 
you would think that Paul at that point would say, so don't be uh, idolatrous. Don't um, pervert your sexuality. Don't do things in that wonderful gift God's given us that, that are against what God wants. Don't do that. And don't complain. Come on, get your act together. Don't do it or look what happens. That's what you would think he would say, right? But no, look at this one sentence there. He says, watch out if you think you're standing because you just may fall. What Paul does is he says their example is they had, they had messed up. But then he, he, instead of just saying, get your act together, he says, where are you putting your confidence? Are you putting your confidence in yourself, in your own ability to stand, in your own believing? <laughs> are you believing in your believing? Are you um, taking ultimate confidence in your decision and in your ability? Be careful, Paul says. That's actually what got the people in trouble. That was their problem. So Paul says, look at the Old Testament. Repent, yes. How do you repent then? Jesus says repent. Isaiah says return. Paul says repent. It all comes together. How do we do that? Well, I think repentance then means not standing on your own two feet. Wait a minute, I thought you are supposed to do that. No, we don't stand on our two feet. We stand on Christ, the solid rock. Um, we don't look to our own ability. We look to Christ. The writer of Hebrews, maybe the Apostle Paul says, we look to Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. What is repentance? Repentance is acknowledging that we've missed the mark and then looking to Jesus, looking to his forgiveness, looking to his grace. Believing the words that Jonathan said to you this morning, your sins are forgiven. That's repentance. Well, let's get back to Jesus. Let's get back to Jesus. What does he do after he gives this kind of hard-hitting statement about repent or you will likewise perish? Interesting, he tells a story. Hey, folks, listen up. This owner had this fig tree. By the way, fig trees are like the dessert of the Middle East. You know, Cool place, big trees, beautiful shade, um, sweet fruit. I like those Lara bars, you know? Do you like those? Those are my favorite. The Lara bars are my favorite, yeah. Um, fig, a lot of figs in there. So um, d delicious, and this owner, no fruits happening. Tear it down. And the gardener, the gardener says, no, I've got more work to do. <laughs> Don't tear it down. Give it another year. And I wonder if after that year, if it still hadn't produced, and the owner said to the gardener, hey, cut it down. I wonder if the gardener would say, no, 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 no. I've heard about this great manure they have in Tacoma. <laughs> we get into some earthy business here, but I can't help but think that Jesus 
warns us, and then at the same time tells us who he is, that he's that gardener who won't ever give up on us, won't ever give up. He's indeed as a high priest that intercedes for us and intervenes for us. He's going to do everything he can to wake up the tree. He's going to put manure on it and work the soil over, and he's going to prune it, and he's going to clean up around that tree, and he's going to do his work. This is a risky story, but it's a true story, so I'm not joking. So there's a a husband who loved his wife very much, And um, his wife, more than anything in the world, loved to garden. I mean, this was her passion. When she was out, either flowers or in the vegetable garden working, and she, I mean, what she loved more than anything was to get out there and work in the earth and then grow stuff and be in the garden. I mean, this was her life. And it was her birthday. And so the husband, they had been married a long time. They thought, he, he was thinking, I need to give a really good gift this year. And so he had an idea. And so he took a risk. And he had a delivery made. It was a big, huge pile of fertilizer. Right in their driveway. Now, like I said, this is a risky story. Uh, Guys, I don't recommend this. And on her birthday, he said, honey, come take a look at what I got you. Now, who knows the way this would go? I mean, this could backfire, right? You know? But you know, the cool, amazing thing is it didn't. She started to cry. She was so excited. She said, oh dear, that's enough for me to work for a whole year. Do you know that's the way your Lord and Savior is? He wants to do nothing else than to get in your life, work in the soil, put some manure on it, so that you can have life and and you can have joy in the midst of all the struggle, so that you can produce beautiful, sweet fruit of love for your neighbor and worship. How does the gardener do it? He's created a church. He gave us the word and sacraments and worship. Don't ever let the devil minimize what's happening right now. You may not think it looks glamorous or glorious, but you are indeed letting God work the soil of your life with His grace and mercy and forgiveness. So keep coming. Keep coming to the gardener who won't ever give up on us. Thanks be to God. Amen.